Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Comically Incompetent Podcast. My name is Doug. And I'm Ben. And this is our first ever episode, the inaugural episode. So, Ben, why don't you talk a little bit about us, give the audience a little bit of information about who we are. Yeah, so Doug and I have been friends now for seven, seven, eight years, we were figuring. Um, we've always been kind of different different types of comic book and uh, animation fans, so we figured we'd create a podcast where we'd discuss kind of our interests. I know I'm, I'm a big Marvel fan, I know a lot about Marvel, and you know a bit about Dark Horse, a bit about DC, a bit about some of the others. Um, Doug seems to be a bit more of a DC fan, but I mean, it'd be great to have a little podcast talk about this, you know? For this inaugural podcast, we're going to be having a beer along with our hero, so to talk a little bit about the beer and kind of give away who the hero is for this week, we're drinking beer called Hellboy. This is from Gigantic Brewing Company up in Portland, Oregon, and it's a cherry sour, and it's actually, wor- they worked directly with Dark Horse Comics to make this, so they have a line of beers, about six beers, it says it's number five of six, the Hellboy. So yeah, Ben, why don't you do a little talk a little more about Hellboy? Pretty awesome. Yeah, so Hellboy, much like this beer, see the alcohol percent here is uh, 6.66 you know, straight going straight into it. Going hell, straight to hell. <laughs> it's going straight to hell. Uh, Hellboy is uh, at his core. He's a demon. He's the son of Satan uh, that came to Earth. And I know what you're thinking. This is the perfect start to every superhero I've ever met. Is the spawn <laughs> of Satan. Um, so just just kind of diving straight into the hero. He is huge and strong and kind of monstrous. He's uh, I actually looked up exact numbers. So according to the comics, he is six foot nine inches tall. So this is NBA player height, but not like tall NBA player height. Yeah, this is this is like he's not like Yao Ming. This is not a Yao Ming. Yeah, this is not a Shaq, but he's tall. <laughs> but then here's where he three hundred and fifty pounds. This guy's a unit. This guy is huge. <laughs> Absolute monster. Absolute monster. Uh, he's red. Um, it depends on kind of what iteration you're looking at some he's completely smooth some he has inscriptions on his skin you know you see, you see that a little bit with um, a couple different comic book characters and then he has horns that sprout out of his head um usually when he's losing his mind um getting full demon yeah because the horns, horns he usually has it's usually shaved when he's more yeah, in control right yeah he shaves the horns off when he's um more in control of his powers and it's 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 more normally more when he's uh living like a wild creature kind of that he lets the horns grow out because he doesn't really like uh exactly being a spawn of satan and we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later but just to give you kind of background on the character so hellboy's a character created by a brand of comics called dark horse which uh, if you're not really in the comic book world, people may not know super well. People know Marvel really well. People know DC really well. Um, Dark Horse is generally seen as like the third or fourth kind of comic book brand. Um, for any of the big buffs out there, he was created by Mark uh, Magnolio, who created, a, I believe, a pretty good chunk of the Dark Horse characters. As far as origin, he is old, I will say. Um, he So he's from 19... 19- 44 is when his, his his character canonically is born or spawned uh december 23rd right before christmas just in time for the holidays thank god a little gift from satan right before just, christmas just a little gift from satan um so as you might imagine this is right around the time of world war ii which will which will definitely play into this character he's kind of a half man half demon ape kind of image he's got really. the tail doesn't he yeah he's got a, yeah, tail. He's got a tail he's got uh one big whomper as they call it in the movie they go well, he's got a whomper he's it's got made this... of stone right like yeah he's got, a little arm. he's got a giant stone my fist. little arm 
little his little arm. Yeah, he's got a giant stone fist, um, which you find out later on has a whole bunch of demonic purposes. Um, but he, he comes through the portal as a as a baby, and he uh, gets captured by a group of American soldiers. There's one among them, Professor Brutenholm. Uh, as I love sidebar, I love every comic book that starts in World War II. There's always a good guy German. I, yeah, I like Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. He's got uh, he's got his good guy German scientist. Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of the origin of him. Is he, he came through that portal. He got saved by this professor who then raised him, of all things bizarrely, raised him canonically as a Catholic. So Hellboy's always like wearing a cross and doing his prayers. And I think he even has a rosary on him at all times. Yeah, he's a pretty interesting fellow. Yeah. And if any of you out there are wondering why... I'm very quiet. The reason this is called comically incompetent is because I know nothing about most superheroes. My comic knowledge basically lends into X-Men, and that's kind of... In some DC, I know a lot about Deathstroke and Batman and that kind of stuff, but the, the in, this part's going to be a little one-sided because my I'm going to be asking a lot of questions that I feel like the people out there who might not know a lot about Hellboy would want to ask. Yeah, so, fair, fair point. Yeah. You know, Like we were kind of leading to in the beginning, we each have kind of our comic interests. Um, I do a lot more Marvel... Um, I do a lot more um, Dark Horse. He does more DC than me. I don't do very much DC, obviously. Yeah, I know your Batmans and stuff. Um, so next we're going to kind of lead into talk specifically about why why is he a superhero? Like, what makes him... You've explained now he's a demon. Like, that's a superhero, I guess. But, like, what makes Hellboy powerful? How does he make a difference? Who cares? So I'm, I'm actually going to lead in this, Doug. So if you were to give your, your shots... I know you've seen some of the movies. I've uh, seen one movie. You've seen one movie. The I've second seen, movie no one needed to see. But I saw good. the 2004 Ron Perlman Hellboy. Yeah, so from that movie, what, what would you guess are kind of his powers like what, what what would you guess is special about hellboy i mean i'm gonna say strength if i remember he's like super strong with that oh, incredibly strong. at least like the one like the stone arm yeah the the stone arm is not only strong but it's incredibly impenetrable you yeah can, yeah i was gonna say you can swing swords at it yeah you can shoot bullets at it swing swords at it it's been run over by cars um he's punched through brick walls like incredibly strong how about after that what, what else do you think when you think of hellboy what other kind of abilities powers strengths do you think this guy might have i mean I, I guess agility just based on like he can i remember seeing him like jump and like run fast and he's pretty agile yeah, that, that kind of lends to his like ape-like nature yeah. his tail he has um because i know he uses the tail in combat as well as jumping if i remember correctly again as, yeah no he, do, he does yeah, yeah. uh for for the terminology if anybody's interested in i'm gonna call it science of the comic book character <laughs> science. science he he has what's called a prehensile tail which is a tail that you see like chimpanzee and things have where he can he can grab stuff with it um he's actually like reloaded his gun with it he's held swords with it it's really that's, that's rad yeah, i didn't know that rad right that's super yeah. sick. he's got kind of like um for anybody that's a big x-men fan nightcrawler has has a yes. similar prehensile tail that uh big fan of um some of the other things that immediately jump out about this guy so dark horse made it really easy they showed you that this guy is red so as you might imagine incredibly resistant to fire as I think you have to be that coming is, from yeah. hell, pretty warm place. But yeah, so he's also um, completely resistant to fire. He's had flamethrowers shot in his face. Um, he's been in collapsing, burning buildings. He's basically the fireman saving the cat from a burning tree. Uh, and then one of the last big things I would say, specifically about his powers, is they get into this a little bit in the movie, I know. Um, it's in the comic books as well. But they mention that he ages really slowly. So like those movies take place... 
I'm going to say 2004 because the first one came out in 2003, 2004. The first one came out in 2004, yeah. 2004, yeah. So they mention, obviously, he was born, quote-unquote, in 1944. And you go, okay, so now we're 60, 70 years later. He looks like he's about 35 years old. He has slowed aging is the way it's described in that iteration. Is yeah. they're like, oh, he's cellular regeneration and because he's a demon he has... He doesn't age at the same rate that, you know, a normal man would age. Yeah, honestly, when I think of Hellboy, I mean, I think of cigar smoking. Was that fire crown he gets at one point in the movie? Oh, he does get a fire crown. That's really cool. Yeah, that's that's when he goes full demon mode. He's got his fire yeah, crown. Yeah, his fire crown. And he does, yeah. I don't know if this was a Ron Perlman thing, because he acted in the 2004 and 2008 movie, or a Hellboy thing, the cigar smoking. No, he often does that. He Okay. So, so he's kind of meant to, and I love characters like this, where they give him kind of a little bit of a religious nature, but then add in a ton of character traits that are like, well, that's not necessarily what a good... You know, you don't always imagine the good guy coming out with yeah. a cigar and, like, <laughs> he has a... Um, Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, he, Wolverine. it's very similar to, like, Wolverine has that, too. Um, but I, I love characters like that where they kind of add some of the, the questioning parts of, like, hey, he's a good guy. Like, you know, he's got the horns. He's, like, smoking a cigar. These sound like things you might have a villain doing. You yeah, know? when I think of that, I think of, like, almost reluctant good guy like they have this need to help people that they don't necessarily want to because it's kind of that thing of like they feel rejected by society so they don't necessarily want to help society but they do because they have that kind of good nature underneath yeah he's very much so almost like the i can almost see him being like a hermit like he kind of he lives off in his own life um but it's he's a super interesting guy as you go into him and as uh as we'll go on, we'll see some of our more interesting... He fights a lot of guys that I like to see people fight. It's pretty cool. I also want to go into his little fish friend. Oh, yeah. Abe Sapien. He's wonderful. Um, the last thing I'll say about kind of topping off the powers section is... He actually has a really interesting... I'd say like asterisk at the end of his life. Not that the character is necessarily dead. But the way it's phrased is that he is immortal until he feels like he is no longer filled with purpose which is kind of an interesting thing so the the idea is you can't shoot him to death stab him to death whatever yada yada he'll come back unless he feels like he's done his job like so if he hits a point where he's like you know what i've i'm gonna say for all intents and purposes like i've beaten evil um theoretically he could just pass away in his sleep at that point which is a really interesting caveat i think to kind of tag on to a hero like this because you can't kill him with a train but hey if he feels his job's done his job's done like <laughs> uh know? gandalf exactly like gandalf he's like, gonna come back as uh hellboy the white why to say gandalf because like at the end of the whole thing is done at the end of lord of the rings he just gets on the ship and leaves he's just like oh, well my purpose here is fulfilled and time to move on it's you know it's a really nice writing technique to kind of cap off a story nicely overall again totally love the guy as i kind of alluded to earlier he um he fights a lot of things that i love that he fights he fights like the apex growing up as a nerd things that you like this is the indiana jones of superheroes not that i don't count indiana jones a superhero because <laughs> harrison ford is a national harrison treasure. ford is a superhero harrison <laughs> ford is definitely a superhero um so i'm gonna take it back to you doug what would you guess if you were to imagine a demon come to earth raised as a catholic child monkey thing <laughs> what, would, what what would you guess this guy fights? And to, to give you a little, I'm going to give you a hint here. 
the number one alliance that you see him in is he's in the BPRD, which is the Bureau of Paranormal, Paranormal Research and Defense. So what what would you guess he's going after? Who's who's the bad guy here? I'm picturing a lot of like, do you remember in the first Ghostbusters? Like, I am the gatekeeper. I am, I am the, the key master. Well, and they have like that <laughs> demon dogs. It's like the demon dogs that come after Harold Ramis' character. It's not That's what guess. I picture when I picture what Hellboy fights. You are not far <laughs> off. Um, so almost exactly like that in in the first movie which we're talking a little bit um he fights a demon called samael the undying which is like a reincarnating uh demon dog kind of thing he eventually runs it over by a train as he gets run over by a train which which is a fun way for <laughs> a fun way to go then he lights it on fire as you might imagine samael the undying also throughout his time because you know that movie we see in 2003 2004 his journey actually began in the 40s. So he was born in 44 and essentially immediately got to business. He was he was raised for only like a couple years with this doctor. And then the doctor immediately realized what he had. And he's like, okay, so we're going to start investigating. It's like Nazis. Paranormal things. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. So his, his first original villains were Nazi scientists and Nazi, I'm going to call them sympathizers, but you spent how long leading up to that? And I just threw that in. Just, I'm sorry. I just derailed no, that. <laughs> no, it's, no, no, no. It's perfectly fine. Cause we were, we were eventually going to end up at Nazi scientists and stuff. It, it, it's another one of those very similar to like, um, anyone that's a fan of like Captain America, his origins were kind of fighting Nazi scientists. Who doesn't love a great story about a superhero fighting Nazis? Killing Nazis. <laughs> killing nazis um and then some of the other ones as you might guess from paranormal research and defense is after he's fought his nazis which he always does he leads into he fights some vampires those ones are pretty cool because you got like undying versus undying um he fights werewolves those ones are always fun those ones always get like really bloody that's something that this character does very differently than a lot of other comic book characters is a lot of comic books kind of shy away from gore violence things like that not that i think necessarily one way is the the right way or one way is the wrong way but he is brutal oh my gosh he like rips jaws off and stuff he is crazy but you know he's a demon at the end of the day so i guess yeah he's not gonna be like sense. um a captain america trying to do it as cleanly as possible if he can he's gonna go in He's, he's gonna go the in fast. Opposite. Yeah, he's the he's... exact opposite. They both hate Nazis, but he's both. Well, he's gonna go opposite. in like hard and fast. Whereas, you know, like someone, I guess, more of like a, like I guess a Captain America is gonna go in, I guess, more strategically. Oh, there is no strategy. Yeah, there's. I there's was gonna no say it doesn't seem like whatsoever. there's a whole lot of strategy to him. He's gonna go in <laughs> and he's gonna do what he's gotta do as quickly as possible. Yeah, he he brings out his uh, six shot revolver that I swear. Oh, what's the name for that? There's a name for that, isn't there? <sighs> I think it's like old. It's like. Betty or Bertha or something. Doug, Doug will look it up real quick. But yeah, he's, he's named his gun. But just for a general description, it's it's what you imagine, you know, the cowboy six shooter. Except for, I swear, this thing fires the most comically large bullets I have ever seen. Like, the when you see them in the, in the comic panes loading these bad boys in, they're about three, four inches long and about a half inch to an inch wide. Like, this is a grenade getting loaded in. Yeah, so it's called the Samaritan. The metal oh, of the gun is forged sense. from a combination of iron church bells, cold iron from crucifixes, blessed silver, and mystic metals. That is a perfect description of a weapon wielded 
by Hellboy. That's badass. And a little, <laughs> a little bit of side note. So a couple of years ago, I went to the Guillermo del Toro exhibit. So if anyone doesn't know, Guillermo del Toro directed the 2004 and 2008 Hellboy movies. And there, they actually had the prop of the Samaritan gun. No way! And it's, you think it's big just in the movie based on how big he is. It's bigger than you'd think. It's Dear absolutely Lord. massive. <laughs> yeah, so for anybody that hasn't seen that, I urge you, go to Google, check out an image of it. It is huge. Or watch the first movie, because the first movie is good. That's true. No need to watch the second one. Or the new one, the 2019 with uh, David Harbour. No need. Yeah, didn't watch the 2004. 2004 Hellboy. Also, you know what, though? Of all of them, and even even of people that have read the comic books, I've pretty universally heard that the animated movies that came out between the early live-action movies and the, the most recent live-action movies, you'll get up the name on those. Pretty much everybody says those are the best. I've seen both of them. I saw them when they came out. They are fantastic. So I would say if you guys immediately want to jump into like, okay, Hellboy sounds pretty cool. Where's a good place to start? Yeah, you're right. Between the first and second one. Uh, they're called Hellboy Animated Blood and Iron. That's a badass name. Uh, oh, Sword yeah. of Storms and Iron Shoes. So lost a little bit of the badass it there It's a iron little shoes. less intense with the Iron Shoes. But yeah, Sword of Storms and Blood and Iron are the two uh, TV movies from 2007 to 2006. Yeah, so usually when I'm recommending a, a new comic book character to somebody, usually I try and jump into, like, what's the most earnest thing I have of this person? Usually it's an old comic book. Normally it's Origins of the Hero. I Honestly, I'd say check out those two animated movies and possibly the first live-action one from the early 2000s. Those are, those are if you really want to see what he's like. Another great thing about that first movie that you're going to bump on into is he has the greatest sidekick... In human history, as Doug was uh, alluding to earlier, I love him. the little fish man himself, he has a, I'm going to call it sidekick. I don't think that's disrespectful. He has a sidekick named Abe Sapien. Abe Sapien is wonderful. I'm going to do the same game again, Doug. Why, <laughs> not, why don't you give me a guess? Uh, give, give me a brief description of your remembrance of Abe Sapien. Give me a, a brief description of what Abe Sapien's good for. Why, so, why do we care about Abe? Yeah, he's he's... Played by Doug Jones, who, if you guys don't know, is an amazing actor. He was in Pan's Labyrinth, a bunch of other movies. Really good actor. Guillermo actor. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. And um, I remember, so he has like these things, this like apparatus he can breathe when he's outside of his little tank. Yeah, so it's a little, it's a little co- collar full of water. And basically. I remember he's super smart, like crazy, crazy, crazy smart. Yeah. Because And he's always like reading books, which I guess in my mind makes you really, really smart. But, well, because he kind of in a library. Yeah, well, yeah. A tank in a library. So that's why he has the apparatus. He can get out of the water and he can go out and like read and learn stuff. That's that's basically what I remember about him. And that's kind of... I just remember <laughs> loving him and watching the movie because I thought he was really cool. Yeah. I really love him because he's so nice it, yeah. too. He's a, he's a nice guy. So as far as jumping into physical appearance, um, as you might have guessed from the Gills and Irving, he kind of looks like a giant fish person. He looks like a creature from the Black Lagoon kind of... He yeah. looks scary for how nice he is. He's so nice. I just want to give him a weird hug. I remember he's he's really nice, but he's also kind of I if I remember correctly, he's kind of pretentious in some. Points. Yeah, he's a little bit pretentious, and he's one of those characters where he doesn't quite. He's never really adjusted to like social cues. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I he's guess one of those. Not. He doesn't really yeah. get like, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Right yeah, now. so I guess not so much pretentious, just like un un knowing. uncomfortable. Yeah, he's yeah. uncomfortable yeah, yeah. sometimes. It adds to the the the, the cute appearance. Um, yeah, so his. He has a couple different major abilities. One, he's incredibly smart. 
He works at the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense with Hellboy. And so he's kind of the on the boots on the ground knowledge base for Hellboy. So they'll enter and Hellboy's like, oh, there's this big monster. Hellboy doesn't like reading. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need none of that. He's got his gun. <laughs> he's got the Samaritan. Um, and so he'll usually go to Abe and I'll go, I have no idea what this is. Abe will generally be like, okay, listen, this is what we're looking at. We're looking at this monster from the 1600s. It's like a Roman deity. Some, he gives you the whole background of the thing. He's incredibly smart. In addition to being incredibly intelligent, he has what I consider to be one of the most useful abilities of all time. So he can pick up any object. You know, you, you see a detective at a crime scene. He can pick up any object and he can sense the last couple days of what's occurred with this object. And if it's powerful enough, he can it can go even beyond that. You know, like if this was some sort of ritual dagger that demons were using, he might be able to sense back hundreds of years to the the atrocities that these have done, which pretty useful for a character that fights a lot of these kind of religious and cultural bosses. You get a lot you get a lot of 500-year-old monsters that they're killing. Um, and that's very very useful. Downside he is a fish person, so he does kind of <laughs> need water to live. That's that's a little bit unfortunate. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, as far as it being in a movie goes, he's kind of like the exposition monster. He's there to fill really in what is. the audience doesn't know yet. That's clever. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, he really is there to just explain. It, he fast forwards through the explanation so Hellboy can get to killing again. Yeah, he's plot mover. Yeah, I mean, you see that in pretty much every iteration, particularly, I mean, just because it was very popular while we were growing up, going back to that first movie, he explains every single monster in that movie. The audience isn't going to know what that yeah, monster they're not, is. Yeah, they're so. not going to know what it is. It's and a there's no Roman thing. Yeah, it's like Hellboy can be like, stand there about to find it and just give like a short explanation of what this thing is. Like, there is, he was a good way of like kind of, and in the comics too, giving the audience a way of learning what he's going to go fight and kind of moving the story forward without having to have some cheesy unnatural way of doing it i feel that and next fun fact i'm gonna do one i'm gonna do another pop quiz on you doug God do you it. remember <laughs> what i know right do you remember why his name is abe sapien Ooh, okay so it's a toughie um whew. sapien because that is like people who stand with two feet i'm gonna give you a close enough <laughs> I'm going to say that's close enough. And Abe because Abraham Lincoln. You said that with the confidence of someone that had no idea he was completely correct. He actually, really? He was named after Abe Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the story of this character is um, he's, one, he's the oldest living member of the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. So this agency was founded. It's, it's a U.S. agency, but they work all over the world. It was founded in the early stages of the United States, for how weird that is. And Abe Sapien was found by one of the original scientists while Abraham Lincoln was president. Okay, just, okay, I just need to say this. To the people <laughs> listening, I swear that was not like a joke that I like, <laughs> oh, I knew when I impro I had no idea. That was a complete guess. Yeah, he's legitimately named that. But that also, you know, that gives you an example. That's part of why he's so smart, you know? It's like, he's he's been alive, and that's when he was found. So he's at least a yeah. couple hundred years old. You know, he could yeah. even be far, far uh, older than that. But yeah, so that, that was the origins of Abe Sapien, was joining the Bureau during the the era of Abraham Lincoln. So he, he's, he's seen a bit of the U.S. history, you know? It's a good place to see. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I had no idea. 
I mean, again, my whole knowledge of any of these characters is pretty much coming from the 2004 Hellboy movie. But, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a reasonable approach. I think that's a, a, a lot of people well, I are think probably that, in that boat. I think these pop quizzer games are showing that Guillermo del Toro did a really good job of, like, actually taking the comic books and making it into a movie. Oh, absolutely. If, if there's one thing... I'll, I'll give Guillermo, de, Guillermo del Toro... I always mess that up a little bit. I'm going to give him a lot of credit here. I think he very faithfully adapts comic books to to cinema i think he does a great job um and i I think most people that are hellboy fans would agree with that there were there were flaws in them but as far as being a faithful adaptation pretty darn good now conspiracy theory the monster from the shape of water is abe sapien you know what's funny the first time i saw that movie i was like oh interesting and then i was like guillermo de horror and i was like that's abe sapien isn't it and then uh my sister-in-law saw the movie and she assured me it was not abe sapien I don't know. She's probably wrong. I don't know if she can. Yeah. I don't know if she can assure you of anything. I think the only way we're going to get this is from Guillermo del Toro himself. That's true. And you know what they say: Guillermo del Toro works in mysterious ways. And a little surprise (laughs) you've been: Guillermo del Toro is going to walk through. No, he's not. (laughs) And here is Guillermo. (laughs) If only that boy would that be a highlight. The inaugural episode of a small podcast to have Guillermo del Toro walk (laughs) in the door. (laughs) Oh man! Overall, Hellboy, pretty darn cool guy. Uh, he kind of shares, I, I like to kind of always bring it into, bring it into light and kind of compare them to other people. Cause I think the healthiest thing you can ever do is compare everything to everything. Just judgment and <laughs> just, comparison. Just judgment. Unhealthy judgment and comparison is the best thing you can do. No, but I, I like to give people, maybe if they've never heard of this character, maybe if they've never read comics, kind of give them another idea what to expect. The best way I can describe this character is in a couple sentences here. Uh, if you took the demonic kind of look and vibe of like nightcrawler from x-men this inscribed demon looking monkey i guess i should say i mean yeah so he's got kind of that and then he's got kind of sort of almost the atmosphere of like a daredevil where he's he almost regrets what he's doing you know like he does he's trying to make the best of what he can do but his power is to violently be good that religion it's like that religious aspect comes in of being raised religious yeah and that kind of makes it i guess that kind of for me draws that comparison to daredevil of like they know that what they're the way they're going about what they're doing is wrong the violence is wrong because they're raised in this like religious fashion i'm not religious but i know that you know you're taught that violence is never the answer is and then both of them violence is pretty much their answer when it comes to yeah, it, anything <laughs> it, it's a tough line you got to make where it's the way you can best impact the world is doing something that is not necessarily always the hundred percent moral way to go and i yeah you know, i i love characters like that i love when there's some conflict in a character i i get bored with superman i get you know sometimes bored with captain america you get even bored though. with henry cavill henry cavill will never bore me but sometimes <laughs> superman does you know, but I, I find those characters incredibly interesting, especially him where you, where you were talking about the conflict in him where, you know, he knows what he should do, not sure what he should do, you know. This is kind of exemplified by a lot of times when you see him going into battle or leaving battle, he busts out his rosary and he starts either asking for forgiveness of the horrible things he's done or asking for guidance in what he's about to do, which is just really bizarre to see a, a big terrifying critter like that do because again scary guy (laughs) yeah so that was a pretty that was pretty much the general vibe of them um i will say i've been working through this beer 
throughout the podcast. It's pretty it's darn really good. good. It's yeah. really good. I do want to take a mention of the 2019 Hellboy that neither of us saw. <laughs> so I can't talk about the how good or bad, because I've heard mostly bad, that movie was. But I got to say, on paper, David Harbour, I don't know if anyone, I'm assuring most people out there are Stranger Things fans. David Harbour playing Hellboy sounded like such a great idea. I was originally really that was, excited. Yeah, so I heard so poorly executed. And I can't exactly say why, because again, I never saw it, but I mean... I heard it was one of those like conflicted movies where they there was on-screen drama. Or off-screen drama, is that the term? Off-screen, yeah. Off-screen drama. I mean... Which I do have yeah. to say, one of the benefits of the early 2001s is I heard that cast got along really well. I think that goes to show that can make a lot in the movie. Yeah. yeah, I will say, I just looked up a review here on IMDb, and most of them are 2 or 1 out of 10. And the biggest complaint Oof. was terrible writing, weird directing, and awful CGI. So pretty much encompassing what a Hellboy movie needs to be successful, <laughs> that was... and throwing it all out the window. You've messed up the three things required for a Hellboy movie. Oh, and then the other thing I do have to say about the earlier movies, if you're wondering what does Hellboy actually look like... That's exactly it. Hellboy looks like a giant furry red Ron Perlman. Like that they they picked Ron Perlman because Ron Perlman looks exactly like the way Hellboy looks. Is Hellboy furry? Um so he's not so much furry all over his body, but he usually has I don't want to call it a mullet, but he has long hair. He usually has a beard kind but of, not yeah. a mustache. He has what in my brain I call like civil war facial hair. You know where it's not necessarily connected. Sometimes he's got the goatee cuz every every demon has to have a goatee. Oh, of course. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he he's a great time though. I would absolutely recommend everybody check out Hellboy. One warning going into it, it's going to be gory, it's going to be violent. If that's for you, that's awesome. If that's not for you, hey, maybe maybe check out it. Maybe check out Abe Sapien. He's he's a little friendlier. <laughs> it is PG-13. So I, the gore's not going to be too much, but it's movie's uh, not too. Yeah. The the animated films are I think the animated films might be are. They're they they're probably worse. They're probably gory. really gory. They're yeah. exceptional. Those are heads getting lobbed off. <laughs> um, yeah, and before uh, we kind of move out here, just a little bit of what's going on in the world. Um, we're in February right now, early March, you know. Uh, pretty soon, we are going to be having, of the podcast, our first comic book movie release. We're going to be having the Black Widow movie come out soon. So yeah. we, we might have a couple episodes getting you guys ready for that movie if you guys ever wanted to know a little bit more about what's going on over there yeah because i know people have a good understanding of black widow just based on the last 10 years of avengers movies but for me not reading any black widow comics or anything the red guardian is new for me again david harbour but a good movie i hope uh david Harbour playing the red guardian and a few other characters that i don't know and taskmaster playing the villain one of the coolest villains of all time. The only we're, we're gonna yeah. have a full episode about him. I guarantee you, we're gonna have a full episode about Taskmaster. My only experience with Taskmaster is the PS4 Spider-Man game. You get to face off Taskmaster after you beat like the main game, and that's literally all I know about Taskmaster. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I will say, if you guys like the podcast, if you guys want to hear more, um, you can follow us on Twitter at ComicallyPod. And let us know who you would want to see as well. I think we have a few podcasts that we definitely know who we're going to do. But if there's anyone that you guys really, really want to see, we can always do that and make sure we get what the audience wants. Yeah. Also, if you have any questions or anything, feel free to shoot us a DM there. We'll get to all of them as well as we can. If you have any input for the show or anything like that, any heroes you'd like yeah. to see 
um any questions you have about us if you want like special ups or anything like that yeah let us know and um this has been comically the, the first episode of comically incompetent with uh i am ben and i'm doug and it was great thanks for uh thanks for listening to us thanks bang we'll see you guys soon